You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, I want to jump right in with a very serious confession right now. Y'all ready? All right, here it is. Here's my very serious confession. I'm going to eat so much food during the Super Bowl tonight. Come on, who is with me? Who's eating some food tonight? Oh, yeah. Listen, I know it's like Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl, and that is historic, but I'm just trying to eat 10 slices of pizza tonight. I mean, that'll be historic for me personally, all right? And tonight's quarterback matchup may be the greatest quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history, you know, two of the greats, Mahomes, Brady, but I'm just trying to match up the Tostitos to the dip, all right? That's the matchup I'm trying to have. I I read a thing this week that we, on average, we, Americans, are going to eat 11,000 calories on average today. 11,000 calories. Everybody online, just put an American flag in the emoji, like in the comments. Everybody just say, America, all right? Just America. 11,000 calories. Guys, my, my dog is 13 years old, and I don't think my dog has had 11,000 calories over his entire lifespan. But we're going to have it tonight. And so I thought we would just kind of kick off Super Bowl Sunday, right? And we would set up today's confession by me talking about some of the Super Bowl food that makes me the happiest. Does that make you guys happy? Can we, can we do that? Okay, first off, how many of you know that you cannot watch the Super Bowl without some pizza being in the house? Like, who, who knows pizza's got to be there for the Super Bowl? Okay, a few people. Now, I don't, I lost my pizza. Oh, I gave my pizza away, actually. Can, can I get my pizza back? Can I get my pizza back? Just for a second, it's down here? Okay. There, there's a verse in um, Job that says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, all right? <laughs> Sorry, bad preacher humor. I'm not saying that I'm the Lord. But anyway, who is going to have some pizza tonight? Anybody going to have some pizza tonight? All right. Now, l- let me give you some, some bad news. The bad news is there is 2,640 calories in this pizza right here. 2,640 calories. That's the bad news. The b- good news is... We're eating 11,000 calories today, so we got over 8,000 left to go. That's good news right there. All right, I'm going to just save your pizza up here. It's going to be up here. You can get it afterwards. Um, But I got some other food up here other than pizza. Um, What else makes me happy? Hot wings. Come on, somebody. I love some hot wings. How how many of you like some hot wings? Love hot wings. And and these, listen. You smell good, don't they? You can't smell them. You're wearing a face mask. That's what you... I want to settle a debate right now. I want to settle the ranch versus blue cheese debate right now. Okay, where are the ranch people at? Ranch people in the room? Wow, okay. Blue cheese people, blue cheese people. You are wrong. Oh, my goodness, you are wrong. (laughs) Blue cheese people, one more time. Let me see your hands. Just trying to remember who I can't trust in this church. Okay, that's good. All right, so most of you are ranch people. Um, next, we'll get a little more sophisticated at our uh, Super Bowl party. I personally made some guacamole this morning. I made this right here. It might look a little gross to you, but like, come on, how many know guacamole is good? It's talking to some of you right now. 
I love guacamole. Does any, anybody, um, by the way, like the game, everybody talks about Rob Gronkowski tonight, like Gronk. No, no, no. I'm talking about the guac. That's what I'm, I'm interested in. Not the Gronk, the guac on the table. Does anybody like want, want, want this, like sit here during the service and like eat this? I made it personally. All right, a few hands. All right, I can't give it away because I paid like $17 in avocado. So I'm, I'm going to have to save my guac and my, my Tostitos right here. Um, next, tonight. I personally will be drinking an ice-cold, bottled, imported Mexican Coca-Cola Classic. What did you all think I was going to say? Mountain Dew. Well, you know, on, on Super Bowl night, you got to have a little Mexican Coca-Cola Classic, right? Like, I don't know if you... This has real sugar in it, not that high fructose corn syrup. If you know, you know, all right? So this is, this is what I'm all about. Now, we're, we're close to... We're getting close to 11,000 calories right now, which is why... <laughs> which is why on Super Bowl Monday, <laughs> sales of antacids go up 20%. 20%. That is completely true, all right? So um, who's going to eat a lot of food tonight? Kelsey, your, hands went up, your hand went up first. Here's some Tums for you, okay? You'll thank me later. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm happy about the game tonight. We're going to talk about happiness for, for just a second today or for, for your time here today. Now, um, how many of you are like my wife? My wife, she's kind of like not really into the game. Like, like if, if tonight was about, um, you know, game night instead of watching the game tonight, Stacey would be so happy she would flip this table. Like, she loves games. So where are the people who you would rather play a game tonight, do a puzzle, do anything other than watch football? Let me, let me see your hands. Okay, good. Some of you are like my wife. People, some of you love games. And I remember a few years ago, I got my, my wife this, this puzzle game thing. I talked about this a few years ago called the Perplexing X. And, um, and I read all these reviews on this Perplexing X situation, and people said, man, this thing, like, looks really simple, but it's like, perplexing. And so let, let me just tell you how this is, is supposed to work for you game people. Um, you have these two pieces of wood making this X right here. And then you got this square in the middle. And all you have to do is get these two pieces of wood apart and get the square out. Sounds simple, right? No, listen, this, no. I heard that right back there. This is not simple. This is about as easy as beating Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl, you guys. Like, this is, this is, looks simple, but it is perplexing. But my, my wife loves games. Games make her happy. Food makes me happy. And today, I want to talk about happiness because happiness is a lot like the perplexing X. And I don't, I don't know how you define happiness. Maybe you define happiness as joy. Maybe you define happiness as peace. Maybe for you, happiness is everything sitting on this, this table, these 11,000 calories. Like, maybe that's what's happiness for you. But however you define happiness, I think we can all agree that happiness, once we get it, it is hard to hold on to. Right? Like, like we think we know what happiness is, and, and if we could, like, chase 11,000 calories worth of happiness, like, everything we do, everything that we're, places we go, a lot of what we eat is about us chasing happiness. Right? But happiness is, is hard to hold on to. Like, like for instance, we'll, we'll chase happiness by eating 11,000 calories tonight. But after you eat 11,000 calories, how do you feel? You feel happy? No, you're like, there better be some Tums at this Super Bowl party or a paramedic on site or something, right? Like, you are not happy. Will we chase happiness um, by, by wanting a new car because our kids broke the trunk lock on our current car? 
Is that just a personal story? That's just a personal story. Okay, anyway, but we think happiness will be in that new car, but then you get the new car payment, which is on, on average $568 a month. Not happy, right? We chase happiness in money. We're like, hey, if I could just get a little money, I'd be happy. And then, and then we get a stimulus check. Who was happy? Come on. Some of you are not telling the truth in church. We're happy. We got that stimulus check. We're happy for three minutes. And then we're like, you know what will make me happy? A second one. Another one. And then we got another one. And we're happy for two minutes this time. And then we're like, you know what would really make me happy? A third one. Bring on the third one. We got to pay for these avocados somehow, right? And, and we chase after happiness, and we think it's going to be in the new car. It's going to be in the new job, the new boyfriend, the new girlfriend, the new labradoodle. And then we get it, and we're happy for three minutes, right? And, and so why? Why? Because happiness is like the perplexing X. It seems simple. It sounds simple, but it's perplexing. It is puzzling. And so if you're uh, taking notes, I want you to write something down. If you're not taking notes, I want you to go ahead and write this down or take a picture of this on the screen. Um, Happiness isn't so much about getting something new or eating something on this table or like some dream that you want to get to. Happiness isn't about getting something new. It's about becoming somebody new in Jesus. Happiness isn't so much about getting something new. It's about becoming someone new in Jesus. That is good right there. And so we're going to talk about this today. Now, I want to talk about a guy named Paul and something that he wrote in the book of Philippians. Now, we talked about Paul a little bit last weekend. If you weren't here last weekend or you're kind of new to this whole Jesus thing, Philippians is kind of like the Bible's happiness handbook. It's like the Bible's playbook for happiness. Did you know the Bible had a playbook for happiness? And if you didn't, it's, it's in Philippians. Now, what's interesting is Paul wrote Philippians, the, the happiness playbook, from prison which is not where I would write the happiness playbook, okay? If, I, if I'm in prison, I'm writing the local library and asking for a VHS tape copy of Shawshank Redemption, okay? Because I need to figure out how to get out of that prison. But Paul wrote the happiness playbook from prison. And I think there's a lesson right there in that. The happiness isn't in your situation. Happiness is found in your Savior. And sometimes we're looking for it all over the place, but happiness isn't found all over the place. It is found in our Savior, And so if Paul can find it in prison, then you can find it wherever you are today. And so let let me just show you um, what prison Paul says. Philippians 4.4, it's on the screen. Paul says, always be full of joy. Always be full of what? Pastor confession. I am not always full of joy. I mean, if if I'm like sitting here talking to Paul, I'll be like, always Paul? Like, Really? Always like, like, what, what have you, do you even know what's going to happen in 2020, Paul? Like, even then? Paul would say, always be full of joy. Well, yeah, but Paul, have you ever worn an N95 mask during church? He would say, always. Yeah, but, but Paul, even when the Ravens are not in the game tonight, is that like that? Always, he says, be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Now, What's, what's wild about this that Paul says is he's not making a suggestion. He's not like, hey, here's a good idea. You might want to do this. This is basically like a, a command, all right? Did, did you know that God commands us to be happy, to be full of, of joy? This is like God's happy command to 
us. And, and so, like, everybody who's watching online, everybody here in the room, I, I know we're, like, social distancing, but I, want, I need you to turn to somebody and just say, God was pushing happy before Pharrell. God was pushing happy before Pharrell. Just say it to each other. Just say it. Type it in the comments. God was pushing happy before Pharrell. And so... This is our main verse today. We're going to kick out of this verse. And so Paul's point is my first point, which is this. Look for happiness in God. Look for happiness, not in this table, not in the person next to you, but look for happiness in God. Um, so I was really happy this past summer because this past summer uh, was the, the first time in what felt like about a decade that Stacy and I did not go to the state fair. And, and how many of you are state fair people? You love to stay fair? Okay, wow. So, so, okay, a few people. Like, you don't want to be hesitant. You can play. Like, okay. All right. Like, I'm not knocking on the state fair. If you're a state fair person, I would like to get your number so you can take my wife with you next year. Okay, that's what. <laughs> but this summer, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, you know, all the COVID going on. Like, we can't really go right now. It's not safe. And I'm like, <laughs> praise the Lord. I will get behind that thought right there. And then she said, but we're going to go to Petco and look at all the animals there. And I'm like, no. And my kids are like, yeah, no, my, you should just know this about my wife. My wife, when she goes to the fair, she loves the fair. She loves to look at all the animals. She always feeds the giraffe. She wants to find all the baby chicks and hold the baby chicks. Um, and she always orders what she calls a, a gyro, even though it's pronounced a gyro, okay? And she always says, I want a gyro. And I always laugh. It makes me happy. Um, but since we couldn't go to the fair, she's like, we're going to go to Petco and look at the animals there. Now, the, the, at Petco in Millsboro, they don't have gyros, but they do have cats. I know this because every single time we go in there, where's the first place my family goes to? The cat section. And, and there's this myth around Bayshore that I am like against cats personally, all right? And that, that could not be further from the truth. I am not against cats personally. I'm against cats biologically, all right? That's, it's biologi biological. I am allergic to cats. God made me allergic to cats because he's a good, good father, okay? That's why. <laughs> so anyway, we, we go to the cat section, and immediately my, my kids this summer are like, Mommy, Mommy, can we get, can we get a cat? And, and Stacy looked right at me, and she said, I don't know, ask your, ask your father. <laughs> I'm like, Really? I've been buying you gyros for years, and you're going to throw me under the bus in Petco? So anyway, um, the kids, like, surrounded me. You know that song we just sang, Surrounded? That's how I felt in Petco. My kids were like, Daddy, Daddy, can we get a cat? Please, 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 can we get a cat? Please, please. And, and then they think a cat will bring them happiness, all right? But I know what a cat's going to bring. It's going to bring me pain, all right? That's what it's going to be, all right? Because for me, the kids will be happy with a cat for, like, a week, and then the cat's hairball issues, whose issues are they going to become? My issue. And so my kids were like, Daddy, please, can we have a cat? And I'm like, guys, we have a, we have a pet. His name is Eli. He's our 13-year-old chihuahua. Can't you smell him? Like, we have it. We have a cat or we have a dog. And they're like, no, Dad, we don't want Eli. Who cares about Eli? We want the thing that you're biologically opposed to. And so I looked at my kids. And I was like, kids, we can't get a cat. And they looked at me like, like, Dad, you are standing in the way of our happiness. You are, you are robbing us of our childhood. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I think sometimes we look at God kind of like that, like God is standing in the way of our happiness. 
Like he's given us all these rules. He's taken a cat away from us so that we won't have any happiness in our life. Because a, a lot of us think that God and happy don't mix, right? But you, you want to hear something crazy? Paul, the same guy who wrote the happiness playbook and wrote Philippians, wrote 1 Timothy 1.11, where he described, Paul described God as the blessed God. Now, this is really cool. The word blessed there, we'll put this on the screen, in Greek is the word makarios. Everybody say makarios. Makarios means blessed or happy. And so you can literally translate the blessed God as the happy God. Now, that sounds weird, right? We don't think that God is happy. That kind of like sounds a little sacrilegious, you know? Like we think, you know, God's not happy. We think God's holy, right? Like God is good and he is pure, which he is all those things, all right? But we think he's, he's not happy. Like happiness is something different, all right? We, we, we think if you want to get holy, go to church. If you want to get happy, you go to Funland. You know, or you go to like the, the sushi night at the Culture Pearl. Or you go, you get the, the plate of guac tonight, and you just sit there, and you have the whole thing to yourself. Like, that, that's what we think happiness is. But what if God is happy because he's holy? What, what if you would be happier if you were holier? What if God isn't staying in the way of your happiness? What if he is your pathway to happiness? What if things like the Ten Commandments are there to keep you from things that are going to make you unhappy? Let's kind of talk about the Ten Commandments for a second, because that's interesting. Um, Thou shalt not lie. How many of you have ever, ever, ever told a lie? Ever, 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 ever told a lie? Okay, almost everybody has told a lie. The rest of you, liar, liar, pants on fire. You lied about telling a lie in church. Anyway, have you ever told a lie and it led to some unhappiness in your life? Come on, all the husbands need to say yes. Like, husband, did, did you, like, go by the grocery store and get that milk like I asked you to get? Yeah, dear, it's in, the, it's in the fridge. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, you're, you're about to be unhappy, right, buddy? So that's, that's thou shalt not lie. Here, here's one. Um, thou shalt not covet. Has ever wanting what somebody else has made you happier? Like, ever? Like, man, I'm just so happy that your TV that you're watching the Super Bowl on is 10 inches bigger than my TV. That makes me so happy. No, it doesn't. All the men. Amen, right? Like, Amen. Um, thou shalt not steal. I, I remember when we were in high school, true story, me and my brother and a bunch of our friends, we went to this Chinese buffet, and my brother didn't get anything. He didn't go to the buffet. He's like, I'm not going to get anything tonight, but I was sitting there eating some French fries. Maybe you're thinking, like, who gets French fries at the Chinese buffet? Don't worry about it. Anyway, I'm eating my French fries, and my brother took a French fry off my plate. I'm like, well, you going to be on my plate. And he just like, I just want one French fry. When we were going to leave, they said to my brother, hey, you got to pay. And my brother was like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the buffet. I didn't order anything. And they said, you stole a French fry. And I'm like, yes, he did. He stole my French fry. <laughs> and he had to pay, all right? And he was not happy, all right? But there's their Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. And, and call me crazy, but I don't think that holiness is standing in the way of our happiness. I think holiness is our pathway to happiness. I think God is our pathway to happiness. Happiness, And I think your happiness is tied to your holiness. And so happiness, you know, Paul calls God the happy God. Happiness isn't found in chasing whatever you feel. It's found in chasing holiness. And so we got to look for happiness in God. 
And so here, here's how, all right? Well, this is my next point. Is you got to make happiness a habit. You got to make happiness a habit. So um, back to my uh, perplexing X puzzle thing. I, I got this off of Amazon. And uh, when, when I got it, I, I looked at all those reviews before I ordered it. And everyone was like, this thing, it seems simple, but like I, I couldn't figure it out. This thing made me so frustrated. People put pictures of broken puzzles because they just broke it to get it apart. And I thought, you know what will make me happy is if I got this for my wife, who's like a gamer puzzle person, and like I, I watched her struggle with this for a week and she couldn't figure it out. Like that would make me happy right there. And so I, I, I ordered this and it came in the mail. And so I was like, all right, Stacey, like, here, try to figure out this puzzle. And I just like sat back and I just thought this is going to be nice watching Stacey melt down. True story. The first time I showed this to Stacey, she figured it out in like five minutes. I'm like, no, 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 no. I've read the reviews. This is supposed to be impossible. You're supposed to be melting down right now. And she's like, and she was like, Joel, it's simple. You just kind of got to look at it, you know, from a, from a different angle. And so I, I'm going to show you how to, to solve this just in case at tonight's Super Bowl party, somebody busts this out on you. You can act like you're really smart. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to have parties tonight, so don't do that. But if you, next year's party, this is how you bust this thing out, okay? So all you got to do is put it on the ground or put it on the table. Let's see if this works for me. Sometimes it works. It doesn't always work. You spin it. And when you spin it, there's these, um, these uh, wood... Uh, dowels or rods in the X that pull back when you spin it because of the force. And so now, since I spun it, that's it. Solved. See this little thing right here? It just goes, goes here. Now, how many of you, you could have lived an entire lifetime and not figured this out? You're like me, you could not, never figure this out. Some of you are still telling lies in church. I never would have figured this thing out. But Stacy was like, it's simple. You just kind of got to look at it from a different angle. And that's, that's the way you crack the code on the perplexing X. So now you guys know you're a little smarter at church today. Here's the thing. I think so many times in our life, we can't crack the code on happiness. But maybe the way you crack the code on happiness, the thing that makes us puzzled, the thing that perplexes us, is you got to look at it from a different angle, kind of like the perplexing X. So I just want to um, share with you something that um, psychologists discovered in the 90s. So in the 90s, these psychologists got together and they were like, we want to figure out what makes people happy. Like we're going to answer the question, what makes people happy? And they came up with what's called the happiness formula. And so, yeah, here it is right here. So let's just say, this is my emoji, all right? This represents your happiness right here. Here's what they found out. They found out that 50% of your happiness is based on your genes, your genetics. Have you ever just met somebody who's just naturally like, woo Like my boy Nixon, he, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, he's just like, yes! Just happy. All right, my daughter, she's, you know, she's happy every other Tuesday, all right? That's when she's happy. But Nixon, he's like, woo! Okay, and so some of you, you, you were just born sunny side up. The rest of us, I'm going to put myself in the other category. We were born like, kind of like this guy. We'll put on the screen, kind of like Bill Belichick. <laughs> this is Tom Brady's old coach who has never been more unhappy than he is today. Um, anyway, but some of us were just kind of like, we, were, we just woke up a little, little salty. And so 50%, they found out 50% of your happiness is biological. Now, here's the surprising part. The next thing they found out is that 10% of your happiness is in your life events. Now, that's crazy. This is what we think 
it's all in, right? Like if I could just get that job, if I could just, you know, you know, make a little extra money, if my kids could just get back in school, I would be happy. 10% though. 10% is based on life events. Now, how many of you just realize that your genes stink a little bit? Just like just a little bit? So like where, where's the rest come from? If 50% is in our genes, 10% is in our life events, like what's the rest? Well, the rest they, dis- they discover was in your habits. It's in the stuff that you do every day to control your happiness. And so um, you have to make happiness a habit, which kind of sounds weird, but you got to make happiness a habit. Now, is anybody wondering what some of these happiness habits are? No. Okay. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Butch, can I tell you? All right. Okay. So these happiness habits, I'm not really too concerned what psychologists say our happiness habits are. I'm more concerned what the Bible say our happiness habits should be. And so after Paul commands us to be full of joy, the, the thing he says in, in the next or two verses later is this. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Paul's pastor confession. I am not here yet. Don't, don't worry about anything. I am a prof- I'm a professional worrier. Like my um, check engine light in my car has been on for like a month, and I've been like worried about it. So that's why I've been like mentioning in, in my message like every single week. My check engine light is on. Oh, no. My check engine light is on. Now, this past week, true story, my check engine light went off. Good, right? Wrong. Because I'm a professional warrior. So I'm like, oh, great. Now my check engine light and my engine are both broke. I got two broken things in my car now. So I was worried. Like, I'm a professional warrior, but Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everybody say, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And don't forget this part. Thank him for all he has done. Then you experience God's peace. Everybody say, happiness. And so I want to talk about this first one, okay, because I want to, like, give you two habits real quick. The first habit to solve the perplexing puzzle of happiness is you got to let worry trigger your prayer game. Let worry trigger your prayer game. Now, I I told you I was a professional warrior. Where where are my my professional warriors at in the room? Who worries? Who worries? Okay, some of you are worried to raise your hand because you think I'm going to call on you. Not going to call on you. Look, a few people raise your hand. The rest of you, I am so worried. I'm, I'm worried about you, that you didn't raise your hand. I just worry. I just worry about everything. If you're in an online family and you're a warrior, just put a warrior face emoji or something. But just, just write, I'm a warrior. Like, I am with you. I am a warrior. And I have these, like, worry habits, these things that kind of, like, help me when I'm a little worried. One of the things I do is a little weird, but I, I chew on straws to relieve stress. And so, like, almost every day, I will, I will chew on a straw. I will pull over to the gas station and get myself a Mountain Dew and get myself a stress straw and I'll just like, like chew on it and it feels really nice. Now, I, I do this so much that a few weeks ago, I, I went to the gas station to get myself a stress straw, got, got, got a stress straw to chew on. My kids were with me and I didn't realize they each got straws too. And we got in the car and I looked in my rearview mirror and my kids were just like, both had a straw in their mouth and like... And like, we're, true story, all three of us were driving down the road like this. <laughs> I kind of felt proud. I had a proud moment. Like, it's a fatherly, proud moment. But anyway, it's kind of a, a stress habit for me. And we, we all have habits. And habits are, are hard to break. And your habits will either make or break your happiness. And Paul is saying, hey, don't let worry 
rob you of your happiness. That, like, don't make that a habit. Okay, let worry trigger your prayer game. Let it trigger your prayer game. Like, pastor confession for me. Like, I worry almost every single week about standing up here and preaching to you all. Every week, like, I'm always worried about this. And, like, I'll, I'll be at home. I'll be like, oh, no, I don't know what to say. And Stacy, you know, years ago, she was like, um, have you prayed about it, Pastor Joel? I'm like, you are so much more spiritual than me. You should be the preacher. I forgot to pray about it. And years ago, she was like, you just need to pray about it. And so what do I do all week long because I'm worried about standing up here and preaching? I pray. When I'm standing up here on the front row, if I'm not singing, you know what I'm doing? I'm praying. I'm like, God, help me. Uh, just, just speak through me. Give me confidence when I'm up there. If the wheels come off, help Butch to come up here and know what to say because we're going to need like, somebody to land the plane. I don't know. <laughs> Butch is really worried right now. Um, <laughs> but I just have a habit of when I worry, it's like, oh, I got to pray. It's just, just what I do. And you got to let worry trigger your prayer game. And so when worry lands in your hands, you got you to like, give it up to God. You got you to pray and give it to God. It's, it's it's kind of like the game tonight. Okay, the game tonight, we have, um, we have the Bucks versus the Chiefs. We got uh, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. We got like old school versus new school. Now, I think it's going to be a good game, but there, there's a couple things that I, I, I think Tom Brady won't be doing today. Um, number one, I don't think Tom Brady is going to be eating any sugar today because I read that Tom Brady hasn't had sugar in like 10 years or something because I'm convinced he's a robot, all right? But the second thing about Tom Brady is tonight, when he gets the ball in his hands, I don't think he's going to run the ball very much. And here's why. Here's why I know that. Because I had Cotter do a little research for me. Um, Tom Brady, for this entire season, do you know how many yards he's rushed, how many yards he's run for the whole season? Six. Six. That's, that's it. The greatest quarterback of, of all time. He's run from... Me to Butch this season. That, that's as far as he's run. Because one of the things that makes Tom Brady great is that when the ball gets in his hands, he knows how to get it out of his hands and into somebody else's hands who can do more with it than he can do with it, right? And that's exactly what Paul is saying that we should do. When, like, worry lands in our lap, we got to get rid of it. We got we to give those to God. Because, listen, in the game of life, worry is going to get hyped to you all the time, right? It's going to land in your hands. And so what do we do with it? What, is, what does Tom Brady do with it when the ball gets in his hands? He gets rid of it. He puts it into somebody else's hands who can do more with it than he can do it because he doesn't have 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes' legs. He got some rickety things, all right, like me. And so... <laughs> Don't worry, Tom Brady's not watching this. He didn't know that. So let's talk about prayer for, for a second, all right? Um, in your life, worry is going to land in your, your hands. You're going to be like, oh, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my job. Like, this is going to land in our hands. Okay, what do we do? We pray about it. We're like, God, I pray for my kids. I pray for my family. I pray for my health. I pray for all these, these things. And, and we, you ready? And we give it to God. Now, 40 seconds later, what's going to come back to you? Worry. The worry ball is going to land in your hands. You're going to like, you're going to be worried about something, okay? And so what do you do? You say, God, I'm worried about this thing, and so I'm just going to toss this worry up to you. And then you're going to turn on the news, and you're going to be like, oh, no. We're going to have to wear face masks until 2045. Oh, no. 
And so then, then you're like, okay, God, I, I pray that you'll just help me have a good attitude about this face mask. Help protect me in the middle of this pandemic. And you throw it up to God. But then worry is going to like land back in your lap again, okay? Because maybe you bought GameStop stock this week. And you're like, oh, no, what should I do? You need more than prayer, buddy. That's what you need. You need to sell it or Dave Ramsey is going to sack you, all right? But you just pray, like, God, I just pray that you'll help me in this situation. And you throw the worry up to God, all right? Because worry is, is here, throw it back to me, Butch. Thank you, man. You're, you're on. You can play tonight. You're in the game. But what you're doing is you're putting the worry ball back into someone's hands who can do way more with it than you can. And so every time it lands in your hands, you just toss it up to God. You give it to God who can do way more with it than you can because worry, all worry is, is carrying something that God never intended for you to carry. God is God. And so you give him your worries. You toss up your prayers to him and go to sleep because he's going to be up all night anyway. And so you just give it to him. And listen, he has never lost a battle. He has never been sacked before. And so you just give it to him. And you let worry trigger your prayer game because habits, make that a habit because habits are 40% of our happiness. All right, and then the, the last thing as I'm wrapping this thing up is to solve the perplexing puzzle of happiness is you gotta look for the awesome in your life. So you, you let worry trigger your prayer game and then you find the awesome. And let me tell you where I got this from. It's in the very next verse, Philippians 4, 8. Paul says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Aren't you happy when the pastor says one final thing? <laughs> one final thing, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Everybody say, find the awesome. He's finding, he's just saying, hey, look for the awesome in your life. And so the last few weeks, I've been just kind of like taking notes and writing down awesome things that happen in my life. Like, like everyday moment, little things that happen. And I'm like, oh, that's good. I like that. That, that makes me happy. And so I, I just want to share some of these with you. Is, is this good? Do you guys want to hear some find the awesome moments in my life? These are not like big moments because this is all about just finding little things. So here's one. The snow melted overnight. So I didn't have to shovel the driveway. Somebody say, awesome. Come on now. My shoes were tight enough to stay on, but loose enough that I didn't have to untie the tie to get them on. Awesome. Right there. Good. My in-laws paid for lunch even when we told them not to. Awesome. All right, uh, Walmart, this was a few years ago, but I had to put it in there. Not maybe a few years ago, maybe a year ago. Walmart pickup didn't have our 14-pound bag of Rachel Ray dog food. Not awesome. But they substituted it with a 44-pound bag. Awesome. Nora asked to watch Mr. Beast with me on YouTube. Awesome. Some of you have no idea what that is. But anyway, um, got my insurance bill from Progressive. Not awesome, but our auto insurance went down $100. Who knows why, but awesome. I didn't brush my teeth. Not awesome. But I'm wearing a face mask. Awesome. Hey, there's good news in everything. All right, here's this last one. I've been, I've been working with Nixon since the pandemic started on how to read, and for 11 months, it's been rough. 
He's cried. I've been frustrated. But on Monday, he read a whole story perfectly for the first time. Awesome. I cried. I did. At the dining room table, it was just like a moment for me. But I'm just trying to look for small, everyday moments and just writing them down. So I'm going to give you all some homework. Are you glad you came to church? Because you're getting homework at church today. Your homework is this. Just look for one thing every day this week. And that's awesome. And just write it down. One thing a day. Small thing, big thing, whatever. That is awesome. And write it down. And make this a habit. Because we're trying to make habits. And, and you don't have to overthink it, okay? Like, hey, the leaf blower started on the third pool. Awesome. I found a dollar in my pocket, or there's, my car had heat in it today. Awesome. Or maybe, you know, you walk down the stairs, and you think your boo made you some, you know, breakfast, but they didn't. Um, but you remember your kids got Pop-Tarts in the pantry. Awesome. Just whatever it is, just write something down that's awesome. You're just looking for one thing a day, and you're writing it down. And the reason we're doing this is because If you find something that's awesome in your life every single day, you'll start to have some happiness in your life every day, right? And so look for something that's awesome. Look for something that God has given you, and you write it down because Paul said, think about these things. Paul also said God commands us, or he said that God wants us to be full of joy, and so we can do that through finding the awesome. I'll end with this um, confession. Uh, It's a weird confession, but uh, I've not had trash service until this past year for my entire adult life. Now, that's random, and maybe you're thinking, like, so where'd you, where'd you put your trash? Where'd your trash go? <laughs> okay, let, let me tell you. I probably shouldn't admit this because I don't know. This might not be um, totally legal. Anyway, but years ago, like 12 years ago, somebody said to me, hey, Joel, like, we have a dumpster at our place, and, like, we pay for the dumpster, and if you want to, like, save some money and, like, put your trash in our dumpster, like, we're good with that. And I was like, awesome. Like, free, like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And so, like... For 11 years, I've driven about 20 minutes one way to throw the trash out. Now, some of you are trying to figure out the economics of this situation. Stop that. But uh, we moved in September, and in our new neighborhood, uh, trash service is part of the, the HOA. And so, like, I didn't really know how trash service worked. And so on the first Monday that we're there, the trash truck comes running or comes driving down the road. And I didn't have the trash out there because I didn't know how it works. So I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And so I, like, run up to the house and, like, grab the trash. And I'm, like, running it down the driveway. How many of you have done this before? You're trying to beat the trash truck? <laughs> wow. We are underachievers. Um, so I'm, like, running down the, ho- the, the um, driveway. Like, I'm patching my own. I'm just, like, trying to, like, get this thing down the driveway. The trash truck beats me there the the trash guy jumps off the back of the trash truck he meets me halfway up the driveway and he said hey you're new welcome to the neighborhood and he was like so friendly i'm like and he said um uh he said hey you don't need to worry about bringing that to me he said you have walk-up service i was like i have what i have who now he said well because you're hoa you know they 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 um, get a walk-up service, which means if you forget your trash, I just walk up to your house and I can get it for you and you don't even have to worry about it. You can just stay in your living room. And I'm like, is this a trick? <laughs> this is, I, I've been driving 20 minutes one way for 11 years. Like, I don't, I don't, this does not seem on the up and up, okay? And he's like, no, it's, just, it's walk-up service. And he said, listen, I, I love what I get to do. He said, I, I get to Uber on the back of this big truck all day long and I get to take care of people's um, trash and, and it just makes me happy to take care of that for him. I'm like, you either want a tip or you're on drugs. I don't know which one. <laughs> But he was smiling from ear to ear. And I thought, if my trash guy can find the awesome in his life, 
I can find the awesome in my life. And so, listen, I don't know what your genes are. I don't know what your life events are. But I do know that my trash guy was smiling from ear to ear, and so can I. I do know that Paul wrote the happiness playbook from prison. And I do know that 40% of your happiness comes from your habits. And so, what do we do? What do we do? We find the awesome. And we let worry trigger our prayer game. Because, listen, happiness isn't in tonight's football game. As much as I'm excited about it, happiness isn't in the 11,000 calories that we'll be consuming tonight. Okay, happiness isn't in getting something new because happiness isn't so much about getting something new. It's about becoming someone new. So let worry trigger your prayer game this week. And just write one awesome thing down every day this week. Does that sound good to you guys? Okay, let me pray for you. Jesus, I'm, I'm thankful that we get to hear Paul's words from a jail cell to inspire us to be happy, to be full of joy, not in our things, but Paul said to be full of joy in the Lord. In other words, be full of joy in you. And so God, help us to find joy in you this week. And we may not have some joyful situations going on in our life, but we have you and we can always find the awesome in that. And so God, I just pray that our habits will change so that we can find joy in you and we can rejoice in you, even if our situation isn't calm for that. And so thank you so much for that positive, encouraging thing for us to walk away from today. In your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.